Do you think you may have a problem with your alcohol consumption or drug use? Are you thinking about quitting and want to know what all the sober hype is about? Are you in recovery and chose to tune in for some inspiration? Whatever the reason, I'm so grateful you are here with me today. My name is Sarah, and I am the creator and host of this podcast. I spent most of my life drinking, and eventually I realized how alcohol was negatively impacting my life in many ways. One day at the age of 39, I decided I was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, and I reached out for help. I have been sober since 2012, and it has changed my life in ways I never imagined. I am so happy that I got the chance to live a more comfortable life, free of the chains of addiction. Today, my life just keeps getting better. Sober Gratitudes was born out of the desire to recover out loud so that others could see the hope in sobriety. In each episode, I speak with a recovered alcoholic or addict who shares how their life changed for the better after they got sober. I welcome you to subscribe to my podcast to hear these amazing stories of people from all walks of life. They too want to share in this mission to help others and to end stigmas of addiction. I promise you, you will be inspired. Whether you have been here before or you were a first-time listener, I would be so grateful if you would take a minute to write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show so that it can reach more people who may be struggling. You can also reach me at sobergratitudes at gmail.com with any questions or comments. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for dropping in today and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah, and I'm your host of this podcast. I'm really happy you are here with me today with a really special guest. Her name is Kim Bellis from the website Sober is the New Cool. She can be found on Instagram and Facebook, and she will soon be on Twitter. Kim is unlike any of my previous guests, and I'm thrilled to speak with her today about why she stopped drinking and what her life has been like since she began her alcohol-free life. Hi, Kim. Hi. How are you, Sarah? Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Tell me, why did you stop drinking? Well, basically, um, I have a son named Matthew, and a little bit before 2013, he started having grand mal seizures. And so once we kind of got that under a little bit under control, he was having trouble going out with his buddies. He was about 15 at the time and playing football. They would have beers. And so he wasn't able to do that with his medicine. So he would go to a party or a football um, event and they would, you know, kind of hide as kids do. And then he'd call me and say, mommy, come and get me. And so I'd say, no, you know, I'd get him home and I'd say, you know, Matthew, it's okay. You don't have to drink like the others. You're a little bit different, but that's okay to be different. And as I was saying that one time, I realized I had a huge glass of wine in my hand. And when I say huge, I mean, it was a big glass and it was pretty full. And I just thought, wow, this is such a hypocritical statement that I'm making. Here I am with the glass of wine and telling him he doesn't need it. So at that moment, it just came to me. I said, okay, Matt, we'll, I'll stop drinking for three months. 
And he said, okay. So three months went. And then I said, he said, you see the three months is up, but now you can go back to your normal life. And I still have to be sober. And when people drink too much, it's no fun. And I feel uncomfortable. And the social pressures also of all the young kids saying, oh yeah, you can have one anyways. Uh, so I continued along that uh, three months for another three months. And now we're January 12th will be eight years. Oh, eight years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be going into my eighth year. Yeah. January 12th. That's amazing. That is amazing. I just celebrated my eighth year anniversary. Um, so, but I, I am just so curious about, first of all, why did you choose three months? What, what was the reason? Well, it was around Christmas, you know, it was before Christmas was going to start and different, you know, just seemed that there was a lot of things that we had to go to where would, there would be either, um, you know, a reason to celebrate, you know, with wine <laughs> and, uh, you know, or there was just going to be too many occasions. Like, I think there was a wedding that we had to go to as a family. I think Christmas was coming. There was a big birthday with one of my nieces or nephews that was going to be either 21, 25 or 30. So, you know, uh, and it just seemed like it was the perfect time for me to, um, just have his back, you know, like really just say, okay, we'll do this together. And instead of me being a preachy kind of person, just say, we'll do it together. And we did. That must have meant so much to him. Well, I think at the beginning, what it was, the, the best part of it, when his friends would come, they would, you know, not kind of sneak in, you know, the odd beer or bottle in the backpack kind of thing as kids will do. Because now I'm going like now after a year, he's now 16 or 17, or now he's 18, and kids are allowed to drink in Montreal. They, that's the legal age. And then he'd say, no, you can't, I, you can't bring that here because my mother did stop drinking for me, which I think made it easier for him not to drink, saying that I didn't. Um, as opposed to him having to tell his whole story of being epileptic and having seizures and the medicine not working if he drank. Is that something that he talks about more openly today? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Actually, now he's started doing a few of um, little stories on Instagram of what his journey has been. Uh, because during this time, you know, there's been, uh, you know, he lost playing football, his whole life changed. And so for a, a boy of uh, 15, and um, the social pressures and feeling that all his, his self-esteem kind of disappeared, basically. So there was a lot of anxiety, depression, uh, finding ourselves again, and also being sick because the medicine wasn't always working. It would work for a bit and then it wouldn't work. So it was a really trying time uh, in his life and in ours. So I felt that that was the least thing I could do was stop drinking for him. That's amazing. You are amazing. Amazing, <laughs> mother. Um, so had you ever thought before your son was diagnosed with a seizure disorder and you were living your life and, you know, enjoying cocktails. Did you ever think before his diagnosis and your decision to stop for three months, had you ever thought that you might have a, a problem with alcohol or it, it, had it ever crossed your mind or did you just think you were a normal drinker? No, I think that there, I mean, 
if you asked anyone around me, they would say, no, she was a normal drinker. She'd have a little too much fun here and there. But for me, I think it was a problem in the sense that I have much more energy. Um, my, my positivity, uh, my gratefulness for the smallest things, never missing another memory again, um, and not feeling yucky in the morning, I guess, and really just being more present is, you know, the key. And this is where it's led me to. Sober is the new cool as far as I'm concerned, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. telling my husband about it last night. I told him, um, I can't wait to interview Kim tomorrow because she just has a fantastic story. And I'm just, I'm just so curious about so much. But so would you identify yourself then as somebody, as a, an alcoholic in recovery or somebody who chooses not to drink? I think it's someone who chooses not to drink. And I think that when we say sober is the new cool, our, our message has changed a bit in the way that you could be sober for the evening and be the designated driver for young kids. Like the message we're trying to portray is, um, it's not just having a, a, a big problem with alcohol. There's, you know, you can have a small problem and not really realize it. And or like, you know, not drink for a week, a day, a, a day, a week, a month, or a year. And basically, you could save somebody's life by not drinking and driving. Or if a young girl is going to have a baby, have a healthy baby. Like, there's all kinds of, of, of different ways to say sober is the new cool. And I think to communicate, it's, um, it's kind of like liquid courage when you drink. Uh, it's a little bit easier to say things. And yet when you don't drink, your, your communication skills really get so much better and so much more authentic. And I don't know, I think you get a lot more out of life. I agree. That happened for me. What surprises occurred immediately for you upon drinking? Uh, sleeping better. The energy level. My patience was, I have to say, the biggest thing for me and also um, anxiety because going through a sickness with a child um, you know I'd have those two glasses of wine and then I'd be able to kind of relax and I'd at the beginning when it, he started getting seizures and then he'd wake up at two o'clock in the morning and like you know revved up and it was like you know the anxiety was was horrible and I found that when I did stop drinking, my anxiety level was better. And so therefore he got better because I was better. Oh, I love it. It's so true when I, I've heard so many times, you know, from specialist psychologists and people in recovery that when parents start to heal or recover themselves or not use drugs and alcohol as a crutch for coping with life cha life's challenges, that um, it really just, um, it's palpable and it just kind of bleeds into the, the, the um, other family members in the household and people around us. So I really, I applaud you because um, you didn't necessarily have to stop. <laughs> and, but in, in a way, it just sounds like that this was a gift to you. Oh, a huge gift, huge. It's just amazing. So I'm curious, okay, so I'm curious to hear about what your friends and family's reaction was when you, you know, decide, like when you would show up at a, at a 
party or a function or something and they'd offer you a drink and and what did you say to them and how did they respond well at first you know everyone knew the situation with my son and everyone knew the you know the ambulance was coming quite often to the house uh, so it was it was kind of like nobody really got it you know they just kind of thought i was doing this for the moment and uh just to get through, I guess, whatever, like, and I guess I didn't, I wasn't really that uh, open maybe about it also. I mean, and when people like, some people go on a diet and stop drinking for a month or two, right? So I don't think the impact was necessarily there. Um, and I don't think people realized, um, for me, uh, the impact alcohol had on my life. I don't think that they knew that I didn't have the energy or, or, you know, I didn't, you know, my anxiety was much higher. I guess I was pretty good at hiding it. And um, I think, too, with my son having to be open and going to psychologists and psychi psychiatrists, like at the neuro and whatever, one of the doctors had said to me at one point, oh, you're a working mother. And I said, God, no, I'm home with my kids. All their friends come to my house. I cook. I mean... Our house is like a revolving door. And when she said that, it was like a slap in my face because I realized at that moment, I must have missed some, some of his anxiety and some of the pressures that he felt. Uh, now, was it because I was having that glass of wine and not really paying attention? Probably. And that was a bit of a, a hard thing for me to swallow as a mother because at that point, it was just the two of us in a therapy session. And I did say to him, I feel like I failed you as a mother, oh. that I didn't realize all these other things you were going through at the same time, you know? Oh. <laughs> wow. And so since then, has what does your relationship look like now? Oh, I think that was a turning point for the two of us because when I said that and then I started to cry, he, he said, no, mommy, no. And I, I think that it was good for him to realize that I could, I'm not perfect or never pretended to be, but I think that him seeing that um, anxiety and, and depression and anxiety, uh, you know, like all these emotions that we feel are okay. And if we need help to go see somebody, that was another part of, of the whole uh, journey that we went through today and now we're like he's two and a half years seizure free we seem to have the right medicine finally and so he's giving back he's going to start talking with other kids that have epilepsy and are young um, that's one thing and the reason with the sale of our hoodies we are giving back a portion of the sales to the Montreal Douglas Foundation because we believe mental health and addiction is like a round circle. And, you know, anxiety leads to depression, to this, to putting a Band-Aid on, to having a drink, to having cocktails, to having uh, drugs, and, and the peer pressure. And I mean, I think that if your child had cancer or another disease, you would talk about it so much more openly than a depression or anxiety. Exactly. I'm so glad you brought that up. And before we talk more about that, can, I, I know about the Douglas Foundation. It's on your website. Yes. Can you share with the listeners what Douglas Foundation is? 
The Douglas Foundation is a fabulous um, institution here in Montreal that does all kinds of different, um, takes care of all kinds of kids with, and adults with uh, mental health issues, whether it be uh, depression, anxiety, bulimia, anorexia. I mean, they really cover the, the whole mental health um, you know, they have uh, special art courses and really great therapy. And quite honestly, um, I did bring a few of my friends to some of their fundraising events and mothers with children that are going through some sort of depression and, or anxiety. And most of them do end up with some kind of drug or addiction problem. Um, felt that when they went to these functions, it was the first time they could breathe and could talk about what their children's needs were and speak freely and openly without being judged. And I think that's huge. And I think that that's why I really believe that talking about anxiety and depression and, and, you know, how people cope with different things is, is, is huge. And I don't think we do it enough. I think we say we do, but I really don't think we do. No, I agree with you, and that's why I'm really happy to, to happy to be a part of this kind of movement, if you will, that that has exploded on social media that you and I are a part of, where we are ending stigmas and we're helping to build knowledge, you know, to educate people on um, addiction and mental health. And um, the Douglas Foundation sounds like a wonderful foundation is it for people with addiction or is it simply all mental health issues well in in quebec it's really more geared towards mental health but i i believe that if you have issues with whatever the issues are addiction plays a huge role in those i i, I believe they're hand in hand and that's why i chose them because i think um my son could have gone down a much different path and you know because of the you know how he was feeling inside he it could have become an addict an addict and you know feeling lost feeling desperate feeling like where am i going here i'm not like everybody else uh, you know there's many different reasons and i just felt that when i did see all that they offer for people and i think seeing um the way they talk about mental health in general is just so open. I thought that this this is what we should be helping. You know, that's wonderful. For the listeners, yeah, for the listeners who don't know, um, and I'm I'm excited. I was I was hoping I'd had the sweatshirt in time so I could wear it um, um, today while talking with you here on Zoom. But um, Kim has a, a merchandise line. It's a clothing line. Um, can you share uh, with everyone about that? Well, there's just uh, right now we've got a, a hoodie, which it comes either in white or black and a black T-shirt. And basically it just says sober is the new cool. Um, and it's, it's really comfy and everyone who's really received it loves it. And they just feel that because um, we do have a lot of followers, um, they feel that it gives them a sense of pride when they wear it instead of mom's uh, champagne hour or whatever that people, other people wear, they just feel like now they have something that's kind of, um, 
I guess, and also uh, socially, it makes it a little easier because every time you do go out, people will say, oh, you can just have one or it's a 50th birthday or a wedding or, and I think it's just another way. And I'll, I find a lot of the young girls and boys that have, have purchased this, I see them out wearing it like in the middle of the day. And I thought, wow, like that's really okay. You know, like they're sober and they're owning it. And I feel that they kind of stand straight and they, they look like they have a lot of pride, which I love, you know, it's, it's wonderful. I would confidence, like, I guess, confidence, you know, I, I am all for advocating for sobriety and recovery and the, and the hope in recovery and that lives are, can be so much better if we take, if we take away the alcohol and it's, it's a drug it's, and it's legal it's a, a legal drug and um and that's just the the way it is and so my my husband who's not an alcoholic he decided to stop drinking he what he wasn't like a big drinker um ever you know he had fun when we were younger and and partied and whatnot but he didn't have that obsession like i did to like just keep drinking and keep drinking and i had no turn like faucet to turn it off <laughs> but you know it's in society, you know, you have, like you said, the t-shirts that says the mommy wine culture and, you know, baby cry, it's one baby wines, mommy needs wine and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was all for that stuff when I was drinking and cause it made me feel better about my behaviors and, and what I was doing. But, you know, I feel really good about, and I see you also feeling really good about being sober and, and reaping the benefits of sobriety. So why not you know, announce that on a sweatshirt or a t-shirt. I'll just tell you the one thing first about the word alcoholic. When I uh, hear that word, for me, I may, it makes me smile because I think a lot of people don't like that word alcoholic. So I think, well, if you were told you were a shopaholic, that would be okay, wouldn't it be? Right? Because people laugh and say, oh, she's a shopaholic. So I kind of look at it in the same if you if you put those two words together, it doesn't make alcoholic seem quite so bad in in my eyes. And I don't think it's bad. I think it's a disease. And um, before COVID, I think I would have started doing a lot more speaking um, to other people. But right now, most of my base is out of the U.S. A lot of the people that I will be featuring on pictures um, come either from California. Um, that have received the hoodies and we've had a, um, a, a I would say a, a, a great um, we've been able to be quite honest with each other uh, some are like 25 and some are mothers so I think that being 59 years old has given me quite a a, a nice um, openness to any anybody and everybody because I'm not, uh, for a young girl, I'm not like in competition or, or, or they feel like uh, they should look like a certain way because I'm a lot older. And for a mother, they realize, or somebody that's older, they realize, oh, she's been through it and she stopped at 50, um, 51 years old, stopping drinking. What, you know, how did that happen? So I think that kept it open. And I think for, for right now, it seems that Instagram is huge and I don't know if it's because the relationship is um, people 
can kind of not hide behind Instagram. I don't mean it in a negative way, but they can be more open and not feel judged. And now as time has gone on, our relationships have really grown where, um, you know, they've reached out to me at, you know, nine o'clock on a Friday night and say, you know, I'm, I really feel like I want to have a drink, a single mother that the kids have gone somewhere else or um, a doctor that's just come back from an ER um, that's um, stopped drinking and is um, feeling the pressures of COVID. So I think that right now, whatever I'm doing, I'm not quite sure. It's, it seems to be really very, very big into Instagram just because it's a quick fix almost like you're, the, and I think that's the most important. You have to be there. You have to be there for somebody to feel like they're being heard. And a lot of the times it's a half an hour or 45 minutes of just texting back and forth. And it just kind of calms down the situation and everybody just needed to feel wanted or, you know, that they're, you know, they're worthy of someone taking the time to listen to them. And then they just get through that moment because it's moment by moment. So for the time being with COVID, I think that the Instagram or texting method or, or calling on uh, whatever Zoom or WhatsApp, because now I, I must say most people that are on my site, we're on a first name basis. And I know if they have kids or don't have kids or if they have a husband or so it's really quite open. And uh, it's wonderful. So do you, when people reach out to you and say, oh, this is wonderful, I've been struggling with drinking um, or I have mental health issues or whatnot, um, do you refer them to recovery programs or do you just no, share from no, experience? No, yeah, because I think that from the beginning that one of the first things I'll say is I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm here, I'm gonna help you, I'll empower you, I'll inspire you any way I can. Tell me what you need. Now people are reaching out and saying, my sister or my brother, do you know someone uh, in a different state in the United States? And then somehow somewhere in my group of uh, followers, there is someone with recovery programs and I'll reach out to them and they'll reach out to the, to the other person. So like that's above my pay, pay grade kind of thing, but I'm kind of like a broker. I just kind of tell people, you know, and I leave it very open and I always, I'll never ask, uh, do you drink? Is it alcohol? Is it drugs? Uh, I, I don't, I, I'm more of a listener and I think I read between the lines quite well and what they're not saying stands out to me more than what they're saying. Oh, wow. And this, this is amazing. And so today, so I'm, I have to go back um, as we're wrapping this up to just say that I'm, I'm so thrilled for you and your son that he's been seizure free for what did you say two and a half years now yes, yes and and but that doesn't mean that you're gonna start drinking again does it no, absolutely not and i i feel that especially the most important thing for his well-being because uh you're never quite sure if you know how long this you know everything will last in life so i think for him giving back is where we're headed now because as as uh as I can speak to young girls or boys or, or mothers or fathers, I think as a boy of 22 or 23 years old, he just turned 23 actually last week, I think a young boy can listen to him or a young girl can relate a little bit sometimes better in that aspect, especially young boys. 
and we do have some people here in Montreal that he's um, going to sit down and talk to just about drugs and alcohol and medicine, you know, whatever the medicine it is, be it, you know, if you have mental health issues, you take some medicine, you shouldn't be drinking with that either, right? Like you can't mix those two. That's a bad cocktail. Um, so I think, and it's healing, it's healing for him. He's owning, he's um, the last um, little Instagram uh, story he did, a lot of young boys reached out to him after it. So I think that's going to empower him to move forward and give back. That's amazing. Wow. And you've been such an example for him. And so I'm sure for, uh, that's just amazing. So he's going to start. Should, can we plug whatever? Um, is yes, absolutely. He's done one little one. He's going to do another little story this weekend on Instagram. And then he's got a few people that want to interview him. Like I'll start the interview with him, but then he's going to take over. And because I think we need somebody a little younger also to be able to talk about their issues. And I think someone at that age, if they can really talk about uh, feeling anxiety and whatever, I think it makes it easier for other young kids to be able to talk about it. And I think he, you have to give back. And I think he's grateful in his life where he is right now. And I think he's happy to give back. Well, and you know, giving back helps us too, right? And now he can help others with his life experience. And that's what sober people do. They, the, I, I can't tell you how many people I, I've plugged and I've come in contact with and who, who have come to me saying, I want to be in your podcast because I want to share my story because my life is so much better now because I got sober and I want to help somebody else. And it's, it's happened. Like we've had people get sober because they have listened to episodes and I just cry. I just cry. Yeah. Like if that's the one person then, you know, then that's, you know, makes me so happy because um, I know what it feels like. And I know, you know what it feels like to be sober and to be able to be more, more present with our children and not stuck in our own anxieties. And we can, you know, I'm on medication. I know that I can't drink with medication. Um, and, and so what your son is doing is just such wonderful work. Does he have an Instagram like, um, name or anything that, or is that in the works right now? It works right now. So, uh, on his little, uh, blurbs that he'll start doing, that'll be out there, but he'll have to write sober is the new cool, because I really want people to come back to the whole, um, sober is the new cool. Like that's really got to stick with young people that they realize that you can be so much more than you think. And the self-esteem and, you know, like you say, giving back gives you so much more. To me, it's given me much more than I feel I've given in my life. It, it's, uh, you know, it's a sense of, it's given me a sense of pride that I think I kind of lost some way. Uh, helping others and seeing them succeed, I think is huge. And, you know, seven or eight years ago, I would never have thought we would have gotten here. And I don't think, I mean, I can't say never, because who knows what never, but for me, it's just too much of a slippery slope and I'm not going to touch that ever again. It's just not worth, it's just not even worth 
trying ever again. Wow, that's amazing. Kim, you are an amazing woman, amazing mother, um, such a wonderful example of selflessness and what you've done. I, I can't wait to get you up and running on my podcast and plug you and have people know about your, I know a lot of people already know about your, your um, Instagram account, but I'm excited to see what you're going to do with your website. I know you said that that's going to be changed up a bit. So I'm really excited to see about that. And we'll make sure that our listeners know about that as well. So is there, before we, we say goodbye, Kim, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners um, regarding sobriety or regarding mental health or, or anything? I think um, just try and find somebody that you can trust to talk to because it's quite amazing. The one thing I found, especially lately, and I guess because I'm much more open about everything in general, not just sobriety, mental health and issues, the minute you open up that door, it's incredible. Lately, I was in a, a group of 12 women and I spoke about just mental health in general and sober is the new cool. And five women spoke about their kids having anxiety. And they, the other women have known each other for years and not none of them knew the others had an issue with it. And I think we just have to open the door and really just inspire and empower each other and lift each other up and give all these kids and moms and dads their self-esteem back because they really will be so much more grateful in their life. Um, whichever way they choose, but I really feel that sobriety will give them um, the empowerment to, to help others and help themselves. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. And I mean, I'm, I am grateful that you have us on because I feel that if we um, talk enough about it, we're just going to help others. And that's what we're here for. I don't compete. I just want to be a part of and and thank you for being a part of my podcast Kim thank you Sarah I really appreciate it and sober is the new cool (laughs) I see it in you so there you go (laughs) yes well you have a wonderful day you too thanks Sarah take care bye bye well that's a wrap on this episode Thank you to my guest and all of you for listening. I hope what you heard inspires you to look for and recognize the gifts of sobriety. Sober Gratitudes, a podcast dedicated to delivering messages of hope through true stories of recovery. A sober life is possible if you truly want it.